everyone, and welcome to Dance Out, a Grace Anatomy podcast. We're your hosts, Jasmine Petty and Giuseppe Corallo. Thank you to everyone for joining us. Today, we're going to be talking about this week's episode of Grace Anatomy, entitled Put the Squeeze on Me. So if you haven't seen it yet, there are spoilers ahead. Uh, so I'll start off, Giuseppe, how are you? How's it going? Well, I'm fine. I'm back in Rome where I live. I was like out for the entire of, for the past week because uh, for work, as you know, mm. but it was also like a little bit of vacation. I was in Cortina, which is a mountain place. So it was good. I didn't ski because I was afraid to get hurt, to hurt myself. So I didn't do any of that. And also I'm a lazy person, as you know, so I didn't do that. But, you know, it's been a fun week and today we're, we're recording on a Monday. So it's the beginning of a new week and let's hope it's it's good. What about you? How are you? I'm good. I'm good at a nice relaxing weekend. Uh, this was exciting on Wednesday. The um, the first photos from season four of Stranger Things dropped. Oh, so they must have been pretty exciting for you. Yeah, it was really exciting. Um, do, you have, do you have any news to share with us about the, the podcast thing that you're going to do? Um, so do you have any news? Um, well, it's still going ahead. Um, I'm going to be recording at, what day was it going to be? Um, I'm going to be recording at the, at the end of April, so uh, April 30th. Uh, so it should come out some point in May. I will be able to share... Uh, the recording and everything with everyone so I'm and I've gotten like the preliminary questions so I'm I'm very excited about that more excited that, about that than talking about this week's episode of Grey's Anatomy I hope not <laughs> well I, I guess a little bit I mean I'm super excited for season four of Stranger Things I'm as you know I haven't been loving Grey's this season I, I did like this episode overall but uh yeah, yeah I can't say I'm loving this season yeah, it was a great episode. I'm, I have to say that I loved this episode. And also, I, I think that during a, a rewatch, you will love more this season. I'm sure of it. I'm not going to rewatch this season. Are you kidding me? Yeah, one day you will. And you will say, hmm, that was a pretty good season. I can't rewatch it because it's got, it's it's Hayes's, Hayes leaves. They inter- reintroduce Nick. I, I have no desire to rewatch that. I just, no. No, I'm going to keep re-watching this season just for the reason that, that, that you just said that, that Nick was reintroduced. Anyway, do you want to do the 30-second recap so that we can start talking about this week's episode? Sure. Count me down. Three, two, one, go. This week on Grey's Anatomy, a man's pet python causes an uproar and leaves the doctors of Grey's own in a bind as they try to figure out how to help him. And Dr. Hamilton makes Meredith an offer. We find Richard pondering his surgical abilities as Levi continues to ignore his calls, and Joe is charmed by her patient's brother. Meanwhile, Megan encourages Teddy and Owen to talk about their differences and try to mend their relationship, and Nick meets Meredith's kids. Ta-da! Uh-huh. Nick meets Meredith's kids. I know that you're going to have a lot of thoughts about it, but I will start by saying that I loved this episode. I mean, there was one thing that I didn't like. There was not much Meredith in it, and so I love when... The episodes are Meredith Grey heavy. But anyway, this felt like a classic Grey's episode because there was a crazy case. I mean, there was a pet python. I mean, what? And I I hate snakes. I'm like, I'm like Helm. I just, I cannot see snakes. I just, I I just hate them. And, but I thought it was an interesting case that that there was also a metaphor for everything that that was happening to all the characters mm-hmm. so 
this this is the reason why this episode reminded me of a season two, season three, or season four episode. Uh, in the past, there was like a theme of the episode. For example, there was the theme of intimacy. I don't know, and 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 th there was a patient case case which was about intimacy, and there was all and and that case was uh, was in a way a mirror for what was happening in the characters' lives, and so I thought in this episode that ha that this happened again. There was a python which was squeezing the life out of, of this patient of this person, and meanwhile, lots of things are happening were happening during this episode, squeezing this character's life, building, mounting the pressure. And we could start by talking about Ben and Bailey. Is there a snake in their marriage? I mean, this is what Bailey is starting to think. Do you think there is a snake in their marriage? Do you think they haven't been seeing this Python pressuring them, squeezing the joy out of them? Yeah, I don't know. I, I think there could be. I thought... Bailey's comments were good that, you know, they've been so busy, you know, living their lives, doing their very stressful jobs. You know, they, they adopted two kids plus the child they already had. And that's a lot. And that, you know, they, they haven't been neglecting each other, I wouldn't say, but they've been so busy, you know, they haven't really had time for the two of them. And I think they still love each other very much and they're, they're great together, but, you know, Sometimes you take on so much and you get so distracted and caught up in it. And, you know, in our world, you know, with the pandemic, a lot of people are, you know, like getting divorced and that kind of thing because, you know, you're busy, you're going about your life. And then suddenly you have to quarantine with people. Yeah. And that's a very different experience. And on the flip side, like we're now seeing people, you know, have come out of quarantine who are very happy together back to their busy lives being like, well, we don't really see each other anymore. Uh, so, yeah, I think. I think they've definitely been caught up in a lot of stuff that's going on. That's very important. Um, is there a snake in their marriage? I don't know. I hope they, they work it out and find time for each other because I really like them together. And yeah. I think they make a very cute couple. And the, the, these are good things. You know, Bailey and Ben both help people in their jobs, very stressful jobs. You know, they took in, you know, they took in two kids on top of their son they already had out of the goodness of their heart and they generally love them so like those are all good things yeah and also we have to remember that you know Bailey and Ben right now is like the, they're the long longest running couple on the show I guess because they started dating back in season six mm -hmm. yeah I mean yes they are the longest running couple in the show so that I mean, I, 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 of course, I always root for them. And what I love, another thing that I loved about this episode and that I loved about Bailey and Ben, but also about Teddy and Owen and about a lot of characters was how mature the conversations were. So at the end of the day, Bailey went back home and she didn't just, you know, she, she, she talked to Ben. She told mm -hmm. him her faults. They had a mature conversation. As we know, this doesn't happen very often in this show. This show is known sometimes for contrived drama. I'm talking about, for example, Amelia Link. But this time, it didn't feel contrived drama. It just felt real, an honest and, and raw conversation. And when Bailey told Ben, don't let go, I think it was so exciting. And also that I, I think it was a classic and signature Grace moment you know, two people respecting and loving each other and communicating to each other and expressing their fear, their fear of losing each other. I thought that was very, 
very nice and I just love Belly. I just I, I I do love her. And when she's at the center of episodes, I I I appreciate it because she she's such a great character. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And also I think it was interesting that you know, the, the, this entire storyline, because now I I'm like, okay, where is this going? Is this the end of Jor- of uh, Wright, Jordan Wright's crush on Bailey? Or is, just, or is this just the beginning of a bigger crisis? And uh, so I'm very curious, as I said in the previous episodes, to see where this story goes. And th- there is something that I have to say that I was a little bit um, mad at Jordan's comments when he implied that Bailey was putting herself out there. Because I didn't feel that way. I, I just mm. felt this way. And it felt to me very predatory from him saying something like this. I mean, the woman was just being nice and she was in a mentor trainee relationship. So this is was, was the reason why she was so kind to him. And then, I don't know, I just didn't like his, his remarks. I, I, I hope this doesn't turn into a stalkerish situation, you know? Yeah, me too. And I think there's a debate to be had, you know, was Bailey kind of giving off a vibe and not really thinking about, and I don't think she really thought about do you think she was giving him a vibe? No, I don't. I don't think intentionally. I think, I, I think to Bailey, like I said, she's so caught up in everything she has to handle as chief, and you know she's taken on like two other kids. I think she's just so caught up in that that you know she was just happy to have somebody at work who shared her interests and her passions, and so she was just enjoying you know having someone she could chat to about that stuff. That she didn't stop to think you know, how was this young resident going to receive, like, how were they going to perceive that attention? Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think she was intentionally trying to start anything there. Um, but I did, like, when Wright's comment about, you know, when she was like, I, like, I wasn't, you know, trying to give off anything. And he says, yeah, you don't see it because you don't, like, see your yourself that way, like, as desirable, but I do, I see it. And I think that kind of led back to what her and Ben were talking about at the end of the episode about how, you know, not that Bailey doesn't think she's a desirable woman. I think she does. But, you know, you get so caught up in the rat race that yeah. sometimes you don't, like, you don't stop to think how your actions might be perceived by others. Or, you know, you, like, you're thinking about her, herself as a chief, a mother, a doctor, like, as, you know, as what she needs to do to get the job done. And you stop kind of thinking about yourself in a certain way or, or just, you know, not that you've forgotten, but you're just, you're, you're so busy. You don't yeah. make time for that or to think about yourself in that way until you might miss cues. You might miss the fact that you might be cueing other people or giving other people impressions. Not that this was necessarily the case, but that can happen. So yeah, I, I agree with you. His comments weren't great, but I did think it brought up an important point about how we all get lost in the rat race sometimes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I'm interested to see where this goes because I'm kind of hoping this is it and Jordan moves on. Uh, what I don't want to see is the situation I did with Helm where like her crush on Meredith was funny the first few times they did it. You have to be careful, Jasmine, because this season, everything you haven't wished for just happens, keeps happening. I know. So every time you wish, oh, I wish this doesn't happen. And then two episodes later, it happens. So yeah, be careful I, with your wishes. Yeah, I'm just hoping they don't do that because they made that Helm's whole personality. Yeah. Of something that should have been like a, a joke, like a brief joke. So I'm hoping they move on from this and, you know, give Jordan some other kind of storyline because, yeah. 
yeah but do we need another another character and another storyline i'm not sure about that we'll see we'll see what they do with that character yeah speaking of pressure and speaking of snakes i think we have to talk about emilton emilton mm. again the reason i love this episode it was a metaphor emilton was the snake tempting meredith with a great great helper i mean i mean he did to her a proposition very very hard to to, to refuse because he offered her a permanent position as head of the Great Center and chief of general surgery at the Mayo Clinic. And also he offered, he offered her a boatload of money mm-hmm. and that she can use for any research she wants. So not just for Parkinson's disease, but also for Alzheimer's, for example. And mm-hmm. we know how much Meredith cares about Alzheimer's and how much she would want to, to progress in, in that research. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting, and I, I see that lots of people online are really mad about the fact that Meredith is actually considering moving, and they keep saying, oh, but the end of season 10, when Derek told her, let's move to DC, she was against it because her life was in Seattle. Okay, I have to say that I totally get why Meredith is mulling over the idea. I totally get why she's thinking about moving, because things are pretty different since the, the, the end of season 10. Mm-hmm. Christina is not there anymore. Alex is not there anymore. I mean, a lot of poop, uh, people moved and, and we have to remember that she realized and Alex wrote to her in, in, in his last letter to her. She realized that she's her own person and she doesn't need other, not she doesn't, I mean, yes, she doesn't need others. She wants to be with other people that she cares about, but she doesn't need them. She's her own person. Mm-hmm. And also at the end of season 10, she didn't want to move, not only because Seattle was her family, that, that hospital was her home, but also because she would have become a trailing spouse. She would have become Thatcher. She would have followed Derek Shepard mm-hmm. and his dream. This time it's different. This time it could be Meredith's dream. This time it's a This time she's Derek Shepard. She's not following anyone. So I hope she doesn't move and I'm pretty sure she won't because I mean, Ellen Pope already signed for season 19. So I don't think they will split the screen time between, between the two cities. Oh God, I hope not. But the point is that I think she won't move but the fact that she's considering this idea and we also see next week's promo that she talks about it with Zola. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's, it's, it's normal. I think it's great. and. And I just don't get when people are fixated on things that have happened years and years ago. I mean, people move on and now the circumstances are really pretty, pretty, pretty different. Mm. Again, now Meredith is the son and now they want her. They don't want her husband. They want her. I mean, let's be honest. At the end of season 10, if the president of the United States had called, had called Meredith, Meredith would have said yes. She wouldn't have said, oh, no, because Seattle is my home. The point is that she didn't want to feel an intern following a, following her husband. There was a bigger storyline. And now, after Derek's death, she just became her own person. So, I mean, I, I have to say that this season, I'm really... I mean, I know that you don't agree with me, but I really, I really love Meredith's storyline because it's really on two fronts. The professional one, this, uh, the romantic one. And I think she's a really interesting crossroads in her path and i'm really curious to see what she does next i hope she doesn't move to minnesota but if she does god i mean a great a, a center dedicated to her and a boatload of money i would totally get it yeah i'm kind of two minds on this one like i i, I get what you're saying and 
I agree. Like, I don't want to see her move just because I haven't liked them splitting the storyline between Minnesota and Seattle. And to be honest, I think even if I hadn't, even, even if I enjoyed the Minnesota storyline, which I don't, anytime they've split that, whether you have the characters, like a main character somewhere else, in the past, it's been temporary. And I can do a temporary storyline, you know, for a handful of episodes. But this has been like most of the season. And that's been really frustrating for me because like, I'm not invested in that storyline. And quite frankly, I don't want to see Meredith and like two or three other people muck around in Minnesota. Like I want them all in one place so that their storylines are more connected and I'm more invested and I'm more interested in it. I wouldn't want a whole season, like season 19, with Meredith in Minnesota and everybody else in Seattle um, or even, you know, Meredith Amelia, that kind of thing. Um, So I agree. I I wouldn't want that either. But I I do agree. I, I can see why she's considering the offer. It is a really good offer. But I can also see the anger of fans. And I don't think, at least from what I've seen, to me, it's not so much about the fact that, you know, well, she didn't want to move at that time. It's, you know, people are frustrated because, you know, Seattle is her home. They've made that clear. People aren't feeling the Minnesota storyline. They don't want things to be split up. And I think that they're, you know, a lot of people are not digging Nick, not digging it. And so they're vent. I think they're more venting their anger, at least from what I see. They're venting their anger and bringing that up as a point. But to be honest, I'm not sure if that's actually what they're mad about or if they're just mad in general, like I am, about so much of this. And they're I venting should... comments up from previous, like storylines from previous seasons. That's more how I see it. But also because Mary, because a lot of people are making this about Mary moving to Minnesota because of Nick. But of course, Nick is part of the equation, but it, she wouldn't move for, for him. So I guess people are just... I don't want to say wrong because everyone reacts to this to a certain storyline. Well, I mean, in all fairness, though, I mean, they promised us one thing at the start of this season with the interviews and everything they set up, and then they did a complete 180. So in fairness to the fans, you know, you start us up for one thing and then they've put a 180 on pretty much every storyline. I mean, I think to expect people to just embrace that with open arms and be totally happy, you know, you're not going to get 100%. Yeah, I get that, but also I don't get why fans are so mad at a certain thing because oh, she said no ten years ago. Well, sometimes I feel like I'm not talking about the Meredith and Ace fan. I'm talking about the Meredith and Derek fans. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, and again, I was a big, big. I am a big, big fan of Meredith and Derek. But sometimes I just see that it's like they want Meredith frozen in time. They just. And I think that's unfair to the characters and, mm-hmm. and to people in general. You know, people change their minds. And I think it's sometimes it's, it's, it's important to change your mind. So if Meredith wants to move. Well, why not? Again, I, I hope not because of the reason that you listed as well mm-hmm. from a storytelling standpoint. But from a personal standpoint, again, I would if I were Meredith's friend, I would say to her, oh, my God, you have to accept this offer, you know? Yeah, because my, my kind of feeling when, when I watched that was logically, the storyline does make sense in that if you were in Meredith's position, this is a great offer. But from a storytelling perspective, because she's not a real person, this is a story we're all watching, it's not what I want because it takes her out of Seattle. So I think the conflict between those two things, I think, is what's upsetting to people, at least from my perspective. And then we have Meredith and Nick. At the end of the day, he says that he'll support her either way, that he just wants to be a part of her life. He's amazing. 
What I loved about this episode was especially that ending with him meeting the kids in Seattle. Because, you know, um, I remember in the past, I, uh, the ending of the episode of Grey's Anatomy were amazing because there was amazing music and amazing, crazy, romantic gestures and, and storylines happening. And now things are more tame. So this crazy, romantic, big things don't happen anymore, not that often. So what I liked this, about this ending was it was so, so sweet. And it was so, to see Meredith so happy, so with a man in her life, I mean, not just a man, but with companionship in her life. I mean, it felt like to me, Meredith has finally healed. Now, I remember the first time she slept with a man after Derek, and I'm talking about Will Thorpe, and she, she screamed and she, 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 she kicked him out of, of her room. And now here she is um, with Nick. She's happy sitting at the table and the kids are happy. I mean, I think Zola would have something to say about this relationship. I think yeah, because I saw people online being like, yeah, you can't see Zola's face in this, but she's definitely giving that guy a dirty look. I'm like, yeah, that's yeah. definitely going to come up. Yeah, there is something that's going to happen, a dynamic, which which is only going to get worse when she tells Zola that they might move, I think. I feel like Zola, I have to say this, for the like, actress who plays Zola does a great job, and I feel like so often, especially with Meredith's like more recent romantic storylines, I feel like she speaks, like Zola, her facial expressions, her whole character speaks for me and for so many other fans, and I really appreciate that about her. I, I wanted- I'm very excited about what they do with Zola because up until now, Zola has always been the perfect uh, daughter. She has she worships her mother. And so to see some friction, to see some drama between the two of them, I think that, that could be really interesting. So yeah, yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. Also because I think that at the end of the day, Meredith and Nick will be okay. It all depends if Scott Speedman, Speedman signs for season 19. But I guess he will. Otherwise, they, they wouldn't do this storyline. It just wouldn't make sense. You know, because but does then, anything about this season make sense? Well, you have a point. I mean, I'm not trying to rain in your parade here, but come on. No, no, no I get what you mean. I mean, I love Nick again, uh, but you know what you're trying to say is that here plans change every second, so anything can happen. You're right. You're right. That's, yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know. Well, let's hope this is not the case, at least for me. And again, I I thought that that, that scene just warmed my heart. And as a big Meredith fan, I'm, I'm like the biggest Meredith fan out there. I just, to see her that she's gonna, she's not going to end up alone and that she has that great, crazy, passionate love next to her with her children. I think that's, that's amazing. And I'm so, so happy for the two of them. And I just, just hope the writers don't ruin this because this is Meredith Endgame. Come on, this is it. No surprise here. I was not a fan of that scene. I don't like Nick. I'm never going to. Um, I've said in the past that, you know, if we ever saw someone be purposely introduced to the kids, that that would probably be her, you know, her next kind of Endgame pairing. And I'd really hope that was going to be Hayes. And so I'm sad that it's not. And I just hated the whole scene. And I think this one of the things that really bothers me about Nick is how he his facial expressions, like the way his the way he's reacting, it's like he's sleepy or he's like he looks like like the guy reminds me of how you look when you like when you've been sedated and you wake up suddenly. Uh, it's like, part of his charm to have that sleepy. Yeah, I don't find that charming. Like he always seems sleepy and oh. kind of out of it to me, which is what bothers me about the character. Very out of it. Still hate the way they style his hair. Uh, did not like that scene at all. Um, 
hate the thought of them being in game, never going to like Nick. And I think a big part of that too, is that like, you know, we had so much buildup where we saw Meredith talking to her sisters and Christina about Hayes. And then overnight, I, like, I know there was a, there was a time gap, but you know, in terms of, you know, one episode to the next, you know, it was, it was like overnight, it was like, oh, no, now she's dating Nick. Oh, now she's talked to her sisters about this. They briefly meet. Oh, now they've talked off screen. Oh, now these many your kids. And I know that time has passed, but for me as a viewer, because I'm not into it, it feels very jarring and very out of place. So yeah, not uh, not a fan. That's not going to change for me. And uh, I was commenting about this on Twitter. I was doing my live tweet um, that the thing I think that's bothering me about this season is, and other fans are feeling it too, I think, is that because they did 180 from the plot lines they set up at the end of last season, I can't see a way for this show to end that's not going to upset the majority of fans. And that worries me because I feel like they're headed for like a train wreck. Like I feel like it's headed in a place where no matter how they end the show, a you're going to have some fans that are going to be happy, but I feel like a lot of fans will be upset. And while you can't please everybody, I just, I, I can't see how they're going to dig themselves out of this hole they've dug for themselves, you know, in a way that's going to make everybody happy or most people happy. Well, you can't, you, well, you can make everyone. No, you can't. But I, like, I, I was, my hope for the show prior to the season was I was going to go off on a high note and, you know, in an ending that would make most fans happy. Not going to get everybody, of course, but I feel like it's the opposite now. I'm like, I feel like most fans will be unhappy, myself included. So I'm not, I'm not really digging that either. Well, I guess, you know what I think about the ending of the show? I think that, I think the show doesn't have, the opportunity to hand on a an, on an emotional note for one simple reason that even though in the last episode Christina returns and all lots of old characters return, the fact that the show has gone so long and that the last time we saw Christina was years and years ago, mm-hmm. it just won't have the same emotional impact. The truth of it is that Grey's Anatomy ending in season I don't know nineteen or twenty we don't know that you. It cannot be a stellar ending. It cannot be the most emotional ending because too much time has passed Mm. between the first things and the later storylines. It's like life, you know? Um, So much has happened. So again, even though they do two special episodes with people from the past, it will not resonate in the same way because meanwhile we have moved on you know what i mean i mean now those yeah characters... I, I do know what you mean um so, no. so there is no way to end this in an emotional super emotional way the only way to end this show is in a good way giving a satisfying conclusion and i think that they can still do that mm-hmm. and I, I i didn't think that would be possible with with derek dying i really thought that when derek died I really thought okay now the, there is not going to be a, a happy ending because Meredith just lost the love of her life they're never going to be able to replace him and now seeing Meredith so happy and and the fact that I I I I see her happy and I um I believe in her happiness I think that that's the main thing between the problem with for you that you don't believe in her happiness because it you doesn't want- feel real to me I would not say I don't believe it I just said like it doesn't it doesn't feel real to me exactly you don't believe this i mean you didn't feel this is earned in in a way because mm. you were rooting for another pair so i get that but for me to me it feels real 
And the fact that I, I mean, no, no, because as you said, anything can happen, but the fact that she's going to end up with someone is, is a, a, a enough, a satisfying ending enough for me, because mm -hmm. again, whatever happens, the show has been going for so long that it's now a prime time soap. And there is no way for them, even when Edison was back, you know, it was emotional, but he was not that emotional. Yeah, but I think that's the writing, though, because if they'd if, you know, it seemed like they were prepping to wrap the show up in season, you know, in season kind of 16, 17 around there. And, you know, we kind of thought 18 would be the last season, potentially. I feel like they'd kept with the original storylines. And what I love about Hazel is his tie back to Christina. I feel like they could have had a super emotional ending that to me would would have packed a punch because there were enough there was enough connections to former characters through the existing characters that I feel like they could have pulled it off. But now because they've done such a 180, I don't I agree with you. I don't feel that anymore. And so at this point, I don't think they can give us a satisfying emotional ending. But I do feel like that was possible prior to this season. I, I really do. I really think that everything changed when uh, Justin Chambers left the show. I think Alex, even though he was not my favorite character, I think Alex was an important part in my life. The moment we lost him, the moment we lost that intern, I think that was the moment in which it's not possible for Grey's Anatomy to end with the right nostalgia. We're going to have nostalgia, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that at the end of the day, we're going to get Meredith and Derek on that beach. I'm pretty sure we're going to hear from George again. I'm pretty sure we're going to hear from Alex, from Christina. I know they will because these, the writers will try to recreate that nostalgia. But I think that everything changed when Justin Chambers left. Mm -hmm. It was he was very, very important to this ensemble, you know? Mm -hmm. And he was like an anchor. And this is why the show cannot afford to lose another regional, uh, even if it's Richard, because all the other characters sometimes feel like a little bit useless. And so I will, for, for example, I know they're, they're prepping something uh, big for the 400th episode, which is gonna be this, this season's finale. Mm -hmm. And I really hope that they bring Alex back because I think that him coming back would just change things uh, a little bit. I think that's what's missing. Yeah. And uh, speaking of characters that have been here in, on Grey's Anatomy for a long time, well, Hohen has been part of the show since season five, and he still has a lot of storylines going on. Do you want to say something about Ted and Owen? Sure. Um, you know, I, I think their storyline really fit with that big metaphor, but, you know, the snake and the python kind of putting the squeeze on everybody and, and, and that feeling of, you know, pressure. You know, um, I like that, you know, Megan kind of called them out on it and said, you know, we've been here as a buffer, but you guys really obviously need to talk about something. Please don't ignore it. Please fix it. I'm glad they talked it out. I'm glad that they're going to be okay. Not because I'm really invested in them as a couple. Or I haven't really liked them that much, but because I'm sick of them fighting. Like that's all they've done for like the past four seasons, it feels like. Yeah. So I'm glad they're not fighting anymore. I'm glad they talked it out. I was a little, again, the writing, I was expecting Teddy to bring up the fact that Hayes quit his job and moved to Ireland in the fight. And so I was surprised it didn't come because I felt like Teddy was about to say it or something. Like it kind of felt like that was about to come up when she was saying about like the incredible impact that what he chose to do had had. But then she didn't say it. So that kind of surprised me because her whole point was look at the consequences of what you've done, you know, 
you need, you didn't think about me. You didn't think about our kids. You didn't think about anybody else, you know, when you made that call. So I was kind of surprised by that. Yeah. Those were kind of my thoughts. What, What was your take on it? Well, again, as I said about Betty and Ben, I just loved the fact that um, they were able to communicate that Teddy wasn't like, oh, I'm going to leave you. No, she was, I love you. You made a mistake. Let's solve this together. And I really am glad also that they addressed the fact that this storyline was, uh, um, that they dealt with the storyline back in season six and Teddy is a fan of Vanguard of Death with Dignity. The fact, as we know, is that this time it's different and Owen put his family in jeopardy. So I think it's an interesting storyline, but again, I'm curious to see what happens next because in a way they resolved the drama between the two of them. So Teddy forgave him in a way. I mean, she understood him and she told him, next time you think about something stupid, just talk to me. So I guess now the question is what happens next? And I see this going just one way to to proceed with the storyline. Something big must happen. Maybe, maybe the truth will come out from one of Owen's patients and bad things will happen. This mm-hmm. is the only way I can see this storyline going forward. I mean, Teddy and Owen fixed their problems. So what's next? Something big is, is coming. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what's next myself, but yeah, I, I feel like there, there's gotta be something there. Speaking of not being sure about what's next, <laughs> Nick and Amelia, Amelia and Kay, and now Joe and Todd, what's happening there? I have to say, I really love Todd and Joe, I really like Skylar Austin. He was in Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, and I really loved him in that. And I really oh, like him as an actor. You loved that show. I remember that you loved that show. Yeah, well, I loved the first season. The second season, Zoe, the main character, got really annoying and whiny, and so they canceled it. And I'm like, I'm honestly not sad it got canceled because they just the character just took a turn and was just really irritating. I, I loved season one. I loved the other characters on that show. So I really like. Todd as a character and like the chemistry between um, I think between Skylar Austin and Camille Ludington and Todd and Joe and I'm really excited to see where that goes Uh, to be honest I feel like I feel the chemistry between them a lot more than I feel it between Joe and Link and I did feel kind of at the end there that like he did seem a little bit like Link did seem a little bit jealous but Amy and I were talking about it and you know like we you know we talked and we're like well like Link had his chance you know he He had his chance with Joe and I feel like he still hung out with Amelia. He couldn't see how Joe was feeling. Uh, You know, he didn't really clue in. And now that he's, you know, he basically wants her to be a shoulder to lean on. Joe has decided to move forward with her life, which I think is a healthy thing for her after what she's been through. And I I think Link kind of had that moment where he realized like, oh, she's like, maybe I do care about this person that way again. And they're moving on. And, you know, all you know all opportunities kind of have an expiry date and if you're not going to take it that's how i felt about that i liked the chemistry between joe and todd more than link and and joe well we'll see what happens by the season finale because in that case we'll see we'll see where they go keep saying that amelia is acting horribly just horribly this season this basically this episode she was um, chasing Link, telling him, why didn't you didn't talk to me? Why don't you talk to me? Why don't you talk to me? Well, you you basically broke the guy. You made him believe that you were in love. I mean, not made me be- him believe because she was in love. But the point is 
you just sprang on him the fact that you didn't love him anymore, that you didn't want the life that he had envisioned. And so I just think that she, Amelia this season is coming across as very, as very selfish. I just, I cannot with her this season. Yeah, I didn't love that either. Cause I mean, at first I thought Link was being a bit immature, but then when he explained his reasoning to Amelia, I got it. Cause I went, yeah, he has to hate you right now because he, if he doesn't hate you, he's in love with you. And the fact that Amelia seemed to be pissed off at him and like wanting to do small talk. I mean, like you said, she broke the guy's heart, stomped all over it, decided their relationship was done without ever talking to them. He had to find out secondhand that she was with someone new. And now she wants to do small talk like it never happened. Yeah. And the fact that she brought up their son and was like, you said you didn't want that for Scout. You said you didn't want to be like your parents when she's the one that like, yeah. decided they were done yeah exactly. like came across as very cold and heartless and yeah i was not a fan either yeah yeah absolutely and speaking of another couple megan winston i had they planting the seed for a future breakup yeah I, they're planting the seed of something because i feel like that's the second I... time i think where maggie's made a comment where she's looking at winston being like when he walks in she's like who are you like who did i marry it's like she doesn't know him. And I think something will happen by the end of the season in which they will be in a crisis because she will not, she, she will say something, oh, we got married too fast. I think that they're going for that storyline. So you had that the same impression. The same I don't know if they're is. going for a breakup, but I do feel like they're setting this, like planting seeds for something there where, yeah. and I kind of said to Amy, you know, well, they did get married pretty fast in a pandemic. And once you come out the other side of that or things open up a bit more, it is a very different dynamic. And I think Maggie got really, Maggie was got really swept up in it. I think Winston's the kind of person that will, you know, is willing to go with the flow, but because Maggie's a lot more analytical, she might want to take a break. She might want some time to kind of think things through. So I don't know where they're going, but I definitely think they're planting the seeds for, for something there. Yeah. And speaking uh-huh. of, it's planted. Mm. There is also the storyline that has been going on since season one. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, I do. Okay, what I'm talking about. Richard retiring, of course. I mean, that storyline has been done since season one. And now Richard wants um, cognitive and motor um assessment he wants to know if he wants to see if if he's still fit to be Mm. a surgeon i think that's an interesting storyline but i also hope this is the last time they do that (laughs) or will he not i mean i just hope he does and maybe the the 400 episodes could be that you know his retirement part i don't also i don't think though i feel like he could because that's amy that he could retire from operating, but not retire from the hospital because he could still be, you know, the chief, you know, the chief of chiefs. He could still lecture. He could still teach. He could still oversee the residency program. There's lots of, you know, wonderful things he could do and has so much knowledge to share. I could see him retiring from surgery, but not retiring from from being a doctor and being a teacher. And Honestly, that's what I'd like to see because I, I love Richard as a character and I want him to see him yeah. continue on the show. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like that would be a, um, a good way to do that. And I, I do feel like it is realistic too because I mean, you know, that does happen where people get to a point where they, you know, you can't do a part of your job you used to be able to do. 
but you still have something to to share and to contribute yeah yeah absolutely absolutely okay i think that's it well see we talked a lot about this episode a lot of things were happening and let's hope the show can you know sustain this this pace mm. so jasmine where was your favorite scene or quote oh that's a toughie uh i think i really enjoyed the snake freaked me out but i also enjoyed seeing everybody's reactions to it oh yeah they were funny um, particularly Winston's. Winston's in particular were really, really funny. And then Megan's reactions of like, who are you? Like, what? Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I thought Winston had some great lines this episode. And I enjoy that he's getting, we're going to learn more about him and he's getting a personality and a storyline outside of Maggie. So I really enjoyed that. What about you? Well, the last scene, Nick meeting mm. the kid, and particularly the moment in which he tastes the how it is called the padding of that oh yeah that was the thing though because amy and i both looked at each other and here in canada um we call that like worms with dirt no we don't have that actually we don't have that sweet but it's like it's a a dessert like when you have chocolate pudding and you have the oreo crumbs on top and you have like um gummy worms we call that worms with dirt and so we both looked at each other and it's like what like is chocolate surprise an american thing because we call that worms with dirt what the heck's up with that so that was (laughs) Uh, for our listeners out there, uh, please let us know if if you have a dessert that looks like this. I mean, it's something for children. You know, you have it as a, as a kid. What you call that thing? Because here in Canada, it's worms with dirt. No, here <laughs> in they call it chocolate surprise. Maybe that's just an Ellis thing. I don't know. Here in Italy, I don't think we have it. And I love that. Probably too. something fancier though. Yeah, yeah. And I love that scene also because of the way Alice looked at him or because of the way Bailey looked at him. The moment he tasted it and he was like, okay, I'm going to hit it. I I felt like Bailey was like, "Mm, okay, I can get on board with this guy. I really Mm -hmm. loved everything about the scene. So I'm going to go with with that. Yeah, absolutely. So that's our show. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe, like, rate and review. And of course, tell your friends. Our theme song is, is inspired by Kevin McLeod. You can find us on Twitter at DanceItOutPod and on Instagram at DanceItOutGrazeAnatomy. Until next time, I'm Giuseppe. And I'm Jasmine. And this is Dance It Out. A Grace Anatomy podcast. Mm-hmm.